aren't you glad for the time that God speaks to you aren't you glad for the times that God at least acknowledges your situation how many of you know sometimes God don't say nothing that's one of the reasons why we get so frustrated in our relationship because we're listening for God, but we can't hear God. We can't get a smoke signal, can't get a sign. We say, if I walk outdoors, let the bird fly past me three times. Just let me know something so I know that you ain't left me. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Come and join us in the sanctuary as we listen in on a dynamic word from our senior pastor, Dr. Gina M. Stewart. Jeremiah chapter 29, beginning with verse 1. Chapter 29, beginning with verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. This is the text, let's read together, of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried away into exile from Jerusalem. This was after King Jehoiakim and the queen mother, the court officials, and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elisa, Phaphan, and Jemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, this is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease, also seek the prosper- peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that you, you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I want to preach today from the subject, in the meantime. In the meantime. If you are a um, seasoned traveler, chances are that you are familiar with what aviation professionals call holding patterns. Somebody say holding pattern. And a holding pattern is the term that navigational professionals use or flight professionals use when a flight is in midair and it can't descend. When a flight is in a holding pattern, it's, how many of y'all have been in a holding pattern? Okay, I ain't talk, I'm, not, I'm, talk, I'm not preaching to myself. It circles around repeatedly until it is given permission, somebody shout permission, to land. It is a state of suspended activity or progress. And what is frustrating about a holding pattern is that you're in constant motion, but you're not going anywhere. And somebody knows there's probably nothing worse than moving and feeling like You're not making progress. When you're in a holding pattern, you're in a constant motion, 
so that the flight path is on an elongated circle, circling around, looking at the same thing, come on now, that you've seen before, but you ain't going nowhere. Holding patterns can last as long as 20 minutes or over an hour. Nobody likes to be in a holding pattern. Nobody wants to be stuck up in the air for a long time, whether it's because of a weather issue or backed up traffic or because of a runway issue, because there was no gate to land. I've been in a couple of holding patterns in my recent travel. And sometimes you're in a holding pattern. I've been in this too. When the president's plane is getting ready to land. Holding patterns create all kinds of problems. They cause us to miss our flights. They cause us to have family waiting in cell phone lots, in cars, and waiting to pick us up. Nobody likes holding patterns. And some of you under the sound of my voice are saying, well, that's why I don't fly. But look at here, let me tell you something. You don't have to be in a plane to have a holding pattern. You don't have to be on Delta or Southwest, come on here, or United or any other airline to experience the maddening and frustrating and frightening incidents of holding patterns. My suspicion is that some of you under the sound of my voice have been experiencing holding patterns in your life. We can't look at you and tell. But you have been experiencing some holding patterns in your life. You are in a situation where you're moving, but you ain't making no progress. It's one of the reasons why it's so hard to get into the worship experience. It's one of the reasons why many people fall off. The Bible talks about in the last days there will be a great falling away because we get tired, come on here, of waiting. We get tired of moving in the same direction and not seeing any progress. Some of you here today may be experiencing a holding pattern. You could be in a holding pattern because of unemployment. You, you, it's not that you're not trying to find a job. No, your neighbor said, it ain't because I ain't looking. You know, some people don't have a job because they're too lazy to look. Some people don't have a job because they don't want to work. Some people don't have a job because they refuse, come on, talk to me, to take the initiative. But no, somebody said, it ain't because I ain't looking. It's, it, it's not because I haven't been sending out resumes. It's not because I haven't been going online and searching the search because I've been following up on leads but nothing seems to materialize i'm either overqualified or underqualified i'm either too late or too early somebody here knows about being in a holding pattern with your unemployment perhaps if it's not unemployment it's your money come on i know i'm talking to somebody now money is always an issue because we never can come on talk to me now seem to get our hands on enough our financial struggles seem to get the best of us. And every time we think, come on here, we're going to have a little money left over. Here come a bill collector. Talking about a bill from 10 years ago that you thought they had written off to bad debt. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Here come the IRS sending you a letter when you get a pink slip. Ain't don't look at me funny. You thought you had taken care of that bill. Here they come. Talking about you owe $2,000. Here come a medical expense. Come on here. A sickness that you did not anticipate. A bill that your children who think you got money that grows on trees in the backyard show up with some money that they got to have in 25 or 30 days. I need some witnesses in here that know that sometimes you could be in a holding pattern with your finances. 
Not only can you be in a holding pattern with your finances, you can be in a holding pattern on your job. And as a professional, you can't seem to make any progress. It seems that you're stuck in a, a job that you hate. Ain't nothing worse than having to work a job you hate. I need some help in here. I said, ain't nothing worse than having to work, but you don't want to work. Come on. Nothing worse than having a job that you get nauseated when you get out the car. You, you take one step every 60 seconds because uh, y'all ain't talking to me. Because you just can't stand to go in there. But you know you got to work because it's the only way that you can pay your bills. Come on, talk to me, somebody. It's the only way that you're going to keep the lights on. But there's nothing worse than feeling like you're in a monotonous, circular, circuitous position or situation where you no longer feel challenged by what you do. Some of us are even in a holding pattern in our spirituality. We feel stagnation. We started on this journey. We made some progress, but somewhere along the line, we slowed down. We're circling around territory that we've covered before. The Lord said this to the nation of Israel. They said, you've been around this mountain long enough. It's time for you to get up and strike, break camp, and head into the promised land. Some of us are in a holding pattern with our spiritual lives, in our relationship with God. Or some of us are just in a holding pattern in life in general. And one of the questions that we find ourselves asking is the same question that I often ask when I'm on a plane. How long are we going to be up here? I got things to do. I got people to see. Folk waiting on me. I, I got to go and get some rest before I get to this service where I got to preach tonight. Or either I need to go to bed before midnight because I got to get up early. How long are we going to be on this here plane? How come they didn't get the gas before they, they knew they needed gas before they got on this plane? What? And then you have not even have no peanuts on here. What, what's, what's wrong with y'all? Right, all we have is water, water. I don't want no water. I want some peanuts. Matter of fact, you need to give me a sandwich while I'm up here. <laughs> How long are we going to be up here? How long are we going to keep circling in the same direction? Go, I wish I had some help in here. Looking like we ain't going nowhere. Look like we ain't making no progress. We're just going circle, really go around in circles. Will it fly high like a bird up? Come on. I hear you, saints. <laughs> Some of y'all need to be in the choir. <laughs> How much longer will I have to wait? I'm waiting. Why am I waiting? When is the problem going to end? The questions come frequently in such times. And you know what? The answers don't come easy. You might say this is the situation that the folk in the text found themselves in. Even though they were the people of God, this is what you don't want to miss because there is this faulty theology that is circulating among the people of God that uh, gives us uh, the idea that somehow if you belong to God, God is at your disposal. That ain't true. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Uh, there's this faulty theology that, that many of us have embraced and bought into that suggests that when we have a relationship with God, we won't ever have to go through a waiting season. We won't ever have to be in a holding pattern. But the truth of the matter is, as we see in the text, that these are people who were in covenant with God, but they found themselves in a holding pattern. They were taken captive into out of their land. And the text tells us at the outset, this is what you don't want to miss, that the Lord permitted it to be so. Can I help you today and tell you that sometimes the Lord lets us get in these situations. Come on, I know you ain't wanting to hear that, but you got to go on and hear it. This is big girl preaching. This is mature preaching. This ain't preaching that's going to give you a breakthrough in the next 30 seconds, that, that your season is coming in the next two weeks. Sometimes you got to go through a holding pattern. 
You love God, but sometimes you got to go through a holding pattern. You serve, you are faithful, you give a tithe and an offering. Come on, hear me what I'm saying. But there are times that you find yourself, Chris, I know you feel it, me, in a holding pattern. These were people that love God. But they were stuck in a holding pattern. And we get a glimpse of their frustration that they declared in Psalm 137. Some of us have heard it recited by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. We hang our hearts on the harps on the willows and we wept when we remembered Zion. For we were carried away by our captives. Our captors carried away. Captives carried us away and required of us a song telling us to sing a song of Zion. But the question is, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? It's hard to sing when you're in a strange land. That's why sometimes it's so hard to get us to worship when we come to worship because we're in a strange land. Come on. When we come up in here, we in holding patterns in our employment and in our lives and in our relationship. And it's difficult for us to find joy when we're in a holding pattern. It's hard to sing. I can't get no help. A new song when you're in a strange place. They were in a strange place. They were not in a good place. It was a place of waiting and anticipating. Uh, in a manner of the common vernacular, they were waiting to exhale. They were waiting to breathe. They'd been holding their breath. They were wondering, how long you going to leave us here? How long we got to wait? How long will we be cut off from our temple? How long will we miss our homeland? How long will we be cut off from what's familiar? How long will we have to live as captives under these here folk? How long you going to keep us in this holding pattern? And it was in that place of exile and that place of captivity that God decides to say something. Aren't you glad? For the time that God speaks to you, aren't you glad? For the times that God at least acknowledges your situation. How many of you know sometimes God don't say nothing? That's one of the reasons why we get so frustrated in our relationship because we're listening for God, but we can't hear God. We can't get a smoke signal, can't get a sign. We say, if I walk outdoors, let the bird fly past me three times. Just let me know something so I know that you ain't left me, so I know that you haven't forgotten about But God won't even let a bird fly by. He won't even let a bird dump on your windshield. God won't say nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He won't, I just wanted to make sure y'all were up. He won't even let the bird fly past you. He won't let the grass with the sun. If, if, you, if you with me, God. Uh, show me a sign. Let pastor walk past me three times. Uh, just let somebody step on my toe. You just need God. I know I'm in the right church. I know I'm in the right church because I've been in a place where I needed to hear from God and God wasn't saying nothing. I've been in a place where I prayed, Nidra, and I prayed, and I prayed. And some of y'all looking at it, ooh, that happened to pastor. Well, I know if it happened to pastor, it can, yeah, it happened to me. Happened to me more than you realize. Because God is not always that loquacious. God is not always saying what we need to hear God say, which is one of the reasons why we need faith. Oh, but on this occasion, God said something. Aren't you glad for those times when you are frustrated and confused, you're in a holding pattern that God sends a word? And God decided he would send a word. He sent a word through the prophet Jeremiah. And in the form of a letter, Jeremiah writes, that's what you read. In chapter 29, this is really the letter that Jeremiah wrote to the captives because he was not in captivity with them. 
He was concerned about them because these were his people, but he sends them a letter to these people who have been carried away captive from their homeland to a strange place. They hate the way their life has turned out. They only wanted to come back home, but God speaks to them through the prophet Jeremiah to tell his people something that they don't want to hear. Somebody says something that they don't want to hear. He said, look at here, look at here. I know you don't like this arrangement. I know you ready to go back home. I know you didn't want to be in this place. I know you sick and tired of these folk. I know you's tired of being in a holding pattern. And I hate to tell you this, but uh, you getting ready to be here for a while. Look at somebody said, that ain't what I want to hear. And some of us know that sometimes we've heard some news this week we didn't want to hear. Some of us know that we've heard some news about the situations and the places that we're in that we didn't want to hear. It's not the news that we want to hear on a flight or in real life. You're going to be stuck here for a while. And the truth of the matter is ain't nothing you can do about it. What you do when you're stuck in a place and you can't do anything about it? That's the problem with the holding pattern, whether you're 35,000 feet in the air or, or if you're just in a place where it looks like nothing is going to change because the truth of the matter, if we could just jump out the plane, everything would be all right. I remember one time we were on a boat. We had gone on a dinner boat ride in New York where we were actually in New Jersey, and my mother and my sister and I went there for Thanksgiving. And, you know, when people have dementia or they have Alzheimer's, one of the things they have is a short attention span. Y'all ain't saying that. And so my mama ate all her food. She had eaten all her food. She crossed her legs. Those of y'all know my mama, no crossing her legs was one of her trademarks. When she was ready to go, she would cross her legs and put that hand under her chin. We all sitting up there laughing and having a good time. Mama's sitting up there looking like, I'm ready to go. And finally, she says to us, I'm ready to go. I'm going back. I'm getting ready to go. Marissa, you can't leave right now. We on the boat. Well, you know that didn't mean nothing to her. Because the only thing on her mind, I'm trying to help you see, that when you're in a holding pattern and you're ready to go, if you could jump off a boat, you jump off. She says to Maria, I'm ready to go. Marissa, you can't leave right now. Well, she didn't pay any attention to Maria. Because you know that when people have dementia, when they get something in their mind, they gon' follow through on it. I'm trying to help somebody that's a caregiver for somebody with dementia. Touch your neighbor, say it ain't you. It's just the way their mind works. Once they make their mind up, no devil in hell can stop them and no angel. In, so you might as well go and let them see what they really can't do. So she gets up from the table. She walks over to the door like she getting ready to get off the ship and looks out into the Hudson River. Well, we didn't even have to say nothing. She turned right back around, came right on back over there to her table and started eating her piece of cake. Because sometimes, y'all ain't saying nothing. There's nothing, I wish I had some help, that you can do about the situation. God is saying to the people, this was, that was a good illustration, wasn't it? God is saying to the people, I know this is uncomfortable. I know it's inconvenient. I know it's a bad situation. I know that you don't want to be here, even if it's only for a season. And somebody here under the sound of my voice is feeling me right about now. Because you're saying to God, how long you going to have me in this position? How long am I going to be? Well, I've been back to church two Sundays. Why you ain't done something? I paid my tithe at least once this month. Why you ain't done? How long am I going to be waiting? How long will I have this season of hardship? How long am I going to have to live with my parents and have a curfew, God? How long am I going to have to pay for, care for a family member? How long will I have a season of sitting out of school, a season of unemployment? How long will the pain last? It's not the news that we want to hear. 
It's not the news that we want to hear that the situation is not going to change anytime soon. God says to his people with whom he has a covenant. He said, look, I know you don't like it, but let me say this to you. Quit listening to them pseudo prophets. Quit listening to them folk that you telling to prophesy to you to tell you that your time getting ready to be up. I, I don't despise prophecy, but I got to tell you, you got to stop looking for a word from everybody. Sometimes the word is for an appointed time. Sometimes the word is for an expected time. Sometimes the word might be for you, but it might not mean that it's coming right now. It may be 20 years. It may be 15 years. I can't get no help in here. It may be five days. But what Jeremiah is trying to tell his people that some of us need to hear today so that we can reach a place of resolution and resolve is that things ain't getting ready to change for a while. But the things that you're living with, even though you don't like them, you got to figure out how to make the best. Come on. Out of a bad situation. Can I step back and say, because that's how life works. Come on, I need to help somebody. Look at somebody said, that's how life works. So you can't wave a wand and make stuff change. Like, you know, that's why we like miracles so much. But God is a God of process. See, we know about God's power, but we don't know about his process. And when we find out that the line is too long, most of us want to get out the line. The problem is when you get out the line, you got to go to the back of the line the next time you get in the line. So sometimes you need to just stay in line. Come on here and wait your black turn. I can't get no help in here because the God that we serve is not just a God of power. He's also a God of process. And what God, I wish I could get somebody to help me, is doing in that time that we're waiting is that sometimes God is working on our character. Sometimes God is getting the stuff out of us so that when we get to where God is trying to take us, we won't embarrass the God who called us. I wish I had somebody in here that could give God some praise. Look at your neighbor and say, that's how life works. Sometimes you got to play them clubs. Sometimes you ain't got nail spade. You ain't got no joker. You ain't got the big one or the little one. But I came to tell you, you can still win with a bad hand. God, I wish I had somebody that could shout. Y'all don't know where to shout. Look at somebody say, I can still win with a bad hand. I can still win with one card. I wish I had some spade players in here that have ever won a game with one card. Because it's not just about what you got in your hand. God, I feel my help now. It's about what your partner also has in his hand. Can you clap your hands and say, I got one card. I got one card, but oh, some of y'all done got, y'all, you deep folks still stuck on the fact that I play card. Yeah, I play card, and I pop some down on the table. Yeah, I, I talk all kind of trash. Let me go and help y'all, because some of y'all that don't know me, is, y'all done got stuck on the space. But let me talk to y'all. Yeah, Father Bartholomew, oh, he flying through the air, but I pops the card when I pace. I play rise and fly. I talk all kind of trash when I, oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm coming to tell you, somebody shout one card. One card. You can win with one card. It depends on what your partner has in their hand. This is how life works. This is how you find up you find out you're grown. I can't get no help in here. Cause children throw temper tantrums. And sometimes grown folk do too. But when you discover that what's required is that I gotta grow in this space instead of getting everything I want as quickly as I want it, how I want it, when I want it, and bring it to my heart, I discover that the space that I was trying to avoid becomes the space of my greatest growth because God is a God of process and not just a God of power. 
Dr. Fred Craddock said we eavesdropping on somebody else's mail. We read this. It's written to some captives that had been taken away to a distant place. And the longer we read it, though, we discover it's not just for the captives. This letter for us. It's very personal to us because it's a letter about living in a holding pattern, little cherry, when you're living through a season of unwanted delay. What do you do in a season of unwanted delay? A season where you really can't do anything about it because if you could, you would have done something by now. A season where you are really powerless to do anything about it. A season where all your resources, all your connections don't work no more. When you find out, y'all ain't saying nothing. Well, all of the things, the tricks of the trade that you had, the tricks, come on here, because we got some tricks in our bag. We discovered that our tricks don't work no more. And we discovered that we got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We know what this frustration does to us emotionally. We know how it affects us psychologically. And it even affects us spiritually. It affects our relationship with God. Some people do not survive the waiting period. Some people give up on God during the waiting period. Some people let go during the waiting period. They walk away from the faith. They become backsliders. They believe that God has forgotten about them. That's why it's so important for us to hear messages like this. Because if you don't hear a message like this and have it in your arsenal, when you come to a space where God has not abandoned you, but God is just allowing you to go through a season, and somebody need to shout it's just a season where it's just a season you can make the mistake or we can make the mistake of misdiagnosing what God is trying to do we know what these kind of seasons do to us we know what they do to us emotionally what they do to us psychologically and mentally and spiritually we know how we can become frustrated with God don't tell the truth sometimes you get an attitude with God come on you can go and be the truth in here. Look at somebody say, you can tell the truth in here. You get mad at God sometimes. You, especially when you've been faithful. Y'all ain't saying, now they're in trouble because they had done some things that God told them not to do. They were living with the fruit of their consequences. But even when we do it to ourselves, we had a nerve to be mad at God. You the one spent all your money and now you broke. And you be, you mad at God. Ain't nobody told you to spend all your money. You spent all your money and now you mad at God. Ain't nobody told you that you shouldn't have uh, skipped out on doing what you were supposed to do, but you did it anyhow. Now you mad. You can't blame God for everything that happened to us. Something, sometimes God allows where really the truth of the matter is for every decision, there's a consequence. For every action, there's a reaction. And some of us sometimes have to live through the consequences, come on here, of our action. We tried to tell you not to marry that Negro, but you couldn't wait. You was going to die if you didn't marry. You just thought you couldn't live without him or her. I'm, that Negro can be a her or him. I ain't saying it's always got to be a brother. But we tried to tell you. Everybody could see it but you. Because you was in love. I got love. No job, no credit, no... Y'all ain't saying nothing. Trying not to stay here, but I feel my help here. We tried to tell you, don't waste your time. We tried to tell you that there was a benefit in waiting, that sometimes good things come to those who wait, but you allowed yourself to get in a panic mode and you made some decision. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That now you're living with the consequences of our actions. All of us have made decisions that we have to live. With the car. It might not have been that you married Ray Ray. It could have been you married Bay Bay, but you still living 
with the consequences of your action. It may not be that you married somebody. It could have been that you couldn't wait. You got champagne money, champagne taste, and Kool-Aid money. And instead of you driving a Pinto, you went and bought a BMW. You know you can't afford no BMW right now. You need to drive what you can afford. I can't get nobody to help me right now. I know y'all finna swell up, but I'm finna stay right here. You needed to be in an apartment, and you went and bought a six-bedroom house with 35% interest, and now you think everybody else supposed to pay your bill. You should have waited until your change. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. Come, somebody shout. There's a reaction to every decision. For every choice that we make, there's a choice and a price that we have to pay. What you going to do when you find out, Rachel, that you got to wait? That this is how life works sometimes. You can pray. You can pout. You can even cuss in the, in the privacy of your own house. If you want to, you can throw a temper tantrum. You make promises to God. You plead. You threaten to do a boycott. You say, I ain't coming to church for three Sundays in a row. God don't care. But you ain't doing nothing but hurting yourself. You just putting yourself further out of touch with God. Keep on boycotting. Keep on showing your behind, as my grandma used to say. He can show you better than he can tell you. Because what I've discovered is that even when God ain't saying nothing, you better show up just in case God decides to drop something when you come up in here. Just in case God decides to show himself mighty and strong. Because you never know when God is going to show up. So Jeremiah said deliverance is coming, but it ain't coming right now. Release is coming, but it's not coming right now. Breakthrough is coming, but it's not coming right now. It's coming, but not yet. To which most of us will say, God, you can't be serious. You, already, you, already, you don't know how long I done already waited. And now you're telling me to build houses and get comfortable? To have children and then wait for my children to have to, you talking about almost 30 years right there. And then you telling me to plant. Well, I know the plants ain't coming back after I plant the seed next week. Because if you know anything about agrarian terms or agriculture, it takes a season for a harvest to come. You mean to tell me that my deliverance is coming, but it ain't going to be yet? You cannot be serious. What many of us are saying to God is, God, you got this all jacked up. You got me in the mix. You... Uh-uh. Your sense of timing is off because I had other plans. And this is out of sync with what I had planned to do. Somebody needs to know that a mean time, however, doesn't have to be a mean time. Can I say that again? I say a mean time doesn't have to be a mean time. How do you live with a not yet promise when you're in a right now situation? Do we fire God? Do we walk off the job? Do we renounce our relationship? Do we turn in our discipleship card? Do we cancel our membership? What you going to do when you're in a space of that you have to negotiate a space of suspended activity? What you going to do in the meantime? What you going to do? While you come to worship, wondering when is God going to send a breakthrough? And for God's sake, don't let everybody else be getting a breakthrough and you not getting your breakthrough. What you going to do in the meantime? How will I make meaning out of the meantime? How do I get to a place where I can find myself resolving to, to stand fast and hold firm to God's promise, even though the airplane is supposed to be landing its destination, but I've been ordered to circle the airport one more time. Probably nothing worse than flying in circles and being told that you don't have permission to land. Holding patterns are frustrating because we feel helpless. We feel left out. We feel powerless. We feel like second-class citizens. We feel inadequate and incomplete. We didn't choose the situation. We wouldn't have chosen it, but there's nothing we can do about it. All we know is that we want to get off this plane like my mama wanted to get off that boat. But you stuck. 
That's what we don't talk about in church. We talk about how you're going to be unstuck. And you shout and you go back home and you stuck. And so you don't come back to church next week because you're mad because we told you you was going to get unstuck and you still stuck. What you do when you're stuck? What you going to do when you're in a holding pattern and ain't nothing changing in spite of your faithfulness? Well, Jeremiah, I wish I had time to just deal with that, you know, rhetorically, but I ain't really got a whole lot of time. So I'm going to go on and finish this. Jeremiah offers us a word that's instructive for us. For some of us that are in a holding pattern, for some of us that are in an extended period of waiting, it's in the text. He said things ain't going to change no time soon. Just look at somebody and say, I know you don't want me to tell you this. But things may not change no time soon. Don't hit them. Don't hit them. Don't hit them. Look at them and say, I know you don't want to hear this. Come on, come on. You, come on. But things may not change in time soon. But in the meantime, somebody shout in the meantime. Don't hold your breath. Don't put your life on hold. Stop waiting to exhale. What Jeremiah says, go ahead and live your life. Y'all don't know when to shout. Tell somebody, go on and live your life, girl. Go on and live your life, child. Live the best life you can live right where you are right now. Live in the present moment. Your life may be on hold, but you don't have to live your life on hold. As bad as it may be, I want you to know that waiting time doesn't have to be wasted time. Can I help somebody here and say that again? I said waiting time doesn't have to be wasted time. Can you nudge somebody and tell them you might be waiting, but it don't have to be wasted. You might be waiting on God, but you don't have to waste the season. You may be waiting on God, but you don't have to see this as the end of the road. It could just be a fork in the road. Look at what Jeremiah said. He said, build houses. Settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, have sons and daughters, get married, find wives for your children and your children to increase in number. Do not decrease. Underline that in your Bible. Your season of waiting is not a time for decrease. It's a time for increase. That is counterintuitive for most of us because most of us think that when we're in a season of waiting, it's a time for decreasing. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture said increase, do not decrease. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city where I carried you captive because if the city prospers, you're going to prosper too. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God some praise and say to yourself, I ain't got to die right here. Come on, I don't feel no conviction in this house. Somebody open your mouth and say, I don't have to die right here. This season of suffering does not have to take me out. This season of this interim period is not going to be the last word for my life. Captivity is not going to be the last word for my life. This is a temporary situation for permanent improvement. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. There is a climax to this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. I wish I had somebody that could get happy right about there. Look at somebody that said, this ain't the end of it. This ain't where it's going to end. I got to make the best out of a bad situation. In other words, if you all just give me a few minutes, tell what Jeremiah said, pursue your normal life. Live, God help me preach this, your best life right now in a place where you're not necessarily happy about what your life looks like. Learn how to celebrate where you are. Learn how to thank God. The preacher said, begin to thank him for what you got left the last night. They begin to thank him that even though you ain't got what you got, you got what you got. Begin to thank him that even though you're not where you are, you're not where you used to be. Begin to thank him that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning do I have any company in here that can say live 
right where you are. He said, pursue your normal life activity. I'm preaching to myself right now. Because can I tell you, I had to learn that. I had to learn that as somebody that almost died, I thought I was going to die because I wasn't going to get married. Because nobody likes to wait. Nobody wants to be last. We all want to be first. We want to be the one that everybody else is looking at. We want to be the one with our Facebook post up. We want to be the one posting on Instagram. We don't necessarily nurture an attitude of patience because we live by instant gratification. But can I tell you, waiting is what makes us human. Waiting is what makes us know that we are not God. If we were superwoman or superman, or if we were wonder woman or wonder man, we could do it and decide it and make it happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. But look at somebody say, but baby, this ain't Wakanda. This ain't Wakanda. This is not Wakanda. And we ain't got no vibranium. And T'Challa ain't running nothing. God is still running the universe. This is God's world. And God, y'all stuck right there on Wakanda. Yeah, Wakanda forever. But at the end of the day, this here ain't Wakanda. This is the God of our salvation this is God's world and God is still gonna have the last word you can go watch Wakanda if you want to and drool at T'Challa because he sure is fine but at the end of the day T'Challa ain't running nothing can you shake somebody's hand and say T'Challa ain't running nothing baby this ain't Wakanda you ain't got no vibranium you gotta stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because weeping may endure for a night but joy is coming in the morning do I have anybody in here that can give God some praise that this ain't gonna last forever that trouble doesn't last always that eventually he that shall come will come and he shall not tarry that a delay is not a denial so do not cast away your confidence for it has great recompense of great reward for he that shall come will come and he ain't never late can you find somebody shake that hand and tell him God ain't never late you can't hurry God no you just gotta wait you gotta trust him and give him time no matter how long it takes he's a God that you can't hurry he'll be there don't you worry for he may not come when you want him I wish I had some folk that have had to wait on God I wish I had a few people that have been in a holding pattern but eventually the plane landed and you're standing here today to say you never lost your praise and you never lost your faith I wonder can you jump to your feet and give God some praise that waiting time doesn't have to be wasted time shake that hand and tell your neighbor that he may not come when you expect him but if you can just hold out until tomorrow can I preach it like I feel it if you can just keep the faith through the night if you can hold out until tomorrow here's your shout everything is gonna be all right shake that hand and say it might not be now but it will get greater later because the God I serve while I'm waiting he's working behind the scenes can I tell you that just because you're inactive doesn't mean that God is inactive because while you're on the scene God is working behind the scenes he's working in your behalf he's rearranging situations he's putting the meats and pieces big pieces back together he's fixing things so that everything falls in place can you shake somebody's hand and tell them you come too far now 
you don't have to quit. You've been through too much. You've seen too much. You've experienced too much. Here it is, you had too many victories to let defeat have the last word. Do I have anybody in here that can encourage your neighbor and tell them that the meantime doesn't have to be a meantime. You don't have to die in this place. You don't have to stop in this place. Life doesn't have to stop just because you stop. It's not a time for resolution. It's not a time for resolution. But it's a time. I'm sorry. It's not a time for resignation. But it's a time for resolution. Can you grab that hand and say, since I got to wait, since I can't do nothing about it, I resolve to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Since I got to wait, I resolve to not be weary in well-doing for in due season. I'm looking for the right church. I'm going to reap if I don't faint. Shake that hand and tell them since I got to wait, I might as well resolve that the Lord will make a way looking for some praisers. I'm looking for some believers. Shake that hand and say, since I gotta wait, I might as well wait with expectation. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the God I serve fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching to his understanding, for he give power to the faint and to those that are tired he increases their strength even the youth faint and get weary and young men shall stumble and fall but get your wings get your wings and say but they that wait they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray that you were tremendously blessed by the word. 